Humboldt Last Week is Humboldt County's news podcast at HumboldtLastWeek.com anytime. This is possible thanks to North Coast Co-op, Brick and Fire Bistro, Bongo Boy Studio, Still and Eureka, NCJ, Photography by Shy, and Trinidad Vacation Rental. Please support our efforts by supporting them and hearing more from them at the end of this episode. On the notes for this one, a TV premiere, another canopy walk, a shark, Arcada housing, another murder-focused national reporter, a night creeper, current and former EPD chiefs discussing the death of George Floyd, witch killers, and more. It's not all bad, and it's not all good. Here we go. The slow reopening of the Humboldt County economy continues, and of course, some are taking it even slower than what officials are allowing. DMV reopened in Eureka and Garberville. Restaurants are starting to do some dine-in. Salons and barbershops are submitting reopen plans. Churches are part of this reopen, too. Some at reduced capacity, but others still staying online. Meanwhile, officials such as Sheriff Hansel and Rex Bone continue to suggest that we get out and get a COVID test at Redwood Acres or wherever, as the health department says there's almost a handful of active COVID transmission chains in Humboldt County right now. You can continue to check coronavirus case numbers and stats in the pinned Humboldt last week Facebook post that I've got up there. Well, Humboldt County with a little worldwide love on the subreddit Earth Porn, Fern Canyon getting a bunch of upvotes on there. Tons of folks across the planet talking about walking with dinosaurs on TV and the Jurassic Park franchise filming there. Also, somebody talked about doing shrooms there. Part of Prairie Creek Redwood State Park, Fern Canyon. Once again, Reddit famous. That's Fern sure. Oh, hey, another Reddit post with thousands worldwide looking at Humboldt. This in the cannabis-centric trees section. It's a little baby pot plant grown out of the sidewalk. Someone uh, claims to have found in Humboldt. Someone wrote, better condition than half the plants posted here. Grammy-winning local export Sarah Bareilles will see her new Apple TV Plus show Little Voice premiering on July 10th, according to the streaming service. J.J. Abrams is serving as an executive producer with Sarah, among others. And if you head over to the Humble Last Week Facebook page, you can see an image of Brittany O'Grady. First look at her in the star role in the coming-of-age music drama set in New York. Go Sarah! Little Voice premiering July 10th. The racial conversation has continued as a man named George Floyd was murdered by a Minneapolis police officer. There's video showing a cop kneeling on Floyd's neck for over eight minutes while he said he couldn't breathe. In a statement, Eureka Police Chief Steve Watson noted he was outraged and condemned the actions of that officer and the officers who watched him do what he did and plans to have his department demonstrate racism and hate won't be tolerated in Humboldt. Related photos have been circulating of former Eureka police chief and now Santa Cruz police chief Andy Mills taking a knee in support of the protests of George Floyd's death. He said, this is not the profession I joined. We have to get policing on track and that will take a concerted effort of cops with integrity, humility and a sense of justice. Protesters took to Eureka, many peaceful, a small portion not peaceful. Events of the day included congregation on the streets of Eureka, blocking traffic, though there were typically alternate routes around, chants, damaged police vehicles, damage to police buildings, vehicles and protesters colliding, tense confrontations between protesters and police officers, and yes, some steps toward more communication between citizens and the police. I uh, appreciate reporting from Kim Kemp, Ryan Burns, Mark McKenna, Andrew Goff, Nazi Javid, and more for documenting what occurred. 
So I know we're excited about eventually checking out the upcoming Redwood Canopy Walk up high in the trees at the zoo in Eureka, but did you know they built one of those up at Trees of Mystery last year? 50 to 100 feet high, 10 platforms, spiral staircases, suspension bridges, definitely a fun chance to check out the skyline, the scenery, take some photos, make some memories, maybe a little something for when things calm down or when you're feeling like it, the Canopy Walk up at Trees of Mystery in addition to the one coming to the zoo. This is nice. Thousands of cards, drawings, and other works of art were sent out to our elder populations in Humboldt and Del Norte, part of an effort to make that generation smile as they've been unable to welcome visitors. Thousands of cards were received for residents in long-term care facilities in Humboldt and Del Norte counties. According to Redwood News, cards and boxes came in from as far as Hawaii and Kentucky. Awesome. Scary shark encounter out there off the Humboldt coast. A toothy dude chomped down on a kayak pretty good in the Shelter Cove area. I saw Kim Kemp interviewed the fella. He said one of the fish he caught bled in the water, essentially chumming. And half a minute later, he said a great white started into meal mode, biting right into the middle of the kayak near the dude's thigh. He bopped it on the nose, and that's when old Jaws bailed. Damaged boat had him stuck quite a ways out there, though. But thankfully, a nearby fisherman rescued him. Lessons learned, though, as uh, Jason from Kayak Trinidad said online, if you don't chum all over and around your kayak, a shark will not attack your kayak. Glad the guy's okay, though. Well, about this somewhat controversial housing project folks were planning to build across the highway from HSU and Arcata, the village, that's not happening. You may remember at first HSU was a part of this, then the builders had plans independent of HSU. There's a lot of beef over how big this thing should be, how much it should look like dorms, how much housing for non-students would be there, etc. But yep, previous developers bowed out. Rona probably didn't help as fewer students are estimated in coming years. There's more about this next village courtesy of Mad River Union if you want to read more. Maybe some stuff here you didn't know about this famous foodie from Ferndale, Guy Fieri. A piece in Distractify was talking about Guy's parents and their life in Ferndale. Article mentions Penelope and Jim Ferry, Abraxas and Dave Saddlery, listening to Willie Nelson, Johnny Cash, Conway Twitty, etc. in their store. A horseback riding incident Guy had when he was 10 and his sister Morgan, who loved the phrase namaste, among others, before she died. Again, you can read more about that famous foodie from Ferndale, Guy Fieri, via Distractify. And more on him, he was a grand marshal for a NASCAR race. Did you see that? NASCAR without crowds is one of the rare national competitive events airing right now. And he was for the third time saying that classic line, gentlemen, start your engines. Ferndale Wildcat has also been off to uh, the races, really, with that recent charity of his raising millions with the Restaurant Employee Relief Fund program. Did you see this creepy viral post from a Eurekan named Jennifer she lives near Henderson Center, woke up in the middle of the night with a cell phone light shining into her room. She thought it was her grandson, called out his name, but the person just calmly shut the door, quietly left downstairs, and it was not her grandson. She went downstairs, uh, went outside, saw this guy a couple of doors down. She hollered, what were you doing in my house? He nonchalantly replied something like, just checking on you, or got lucky this time. Anyway, moral of the story... Lock and secure your shit. Nice to see my friend Kim break this, the soft reopening of California state parks here in Humboldt. Many gates now open with barricades removed. At a growing number of parks, vehicles are being allowed in the parking lots. Bathrooms are open for day use, but 
campgrounds remaining closed for now. Parks is saying, please stay local, get your six feet of distance, bring some soap and sanitizer with you. No big crowds plan ahead. You know the COVID drill. Anyway, you can find that via KimKemp.com if you want to read more. Don't know if you saw, we've got another outsider reporter coming in to explore the myth that Humboldt is a hellish murder capital where everyone disappears. This particular reporter exploring cases of women being hurt and disappearing. The reporter is Alyssa Fleck, went to her website. She's done pieces for Newsweek, Adweek, The Independent, Huffington Post, Houston Chronicle, SF Gate, the list goes on. So along similar lines, you may remember my recent investigative pieces called No, Humboldt is Not a Lawless Murder Capital, and another one, further stats show most of Humboldt's missing people end up just fine, uh, especially in the days post-legalization. I've been arguing that. So anyway, preventing violence against women, yes, that is a high priority, but this reporter feels law enforcement should do more. So I did follow up with Samantha Cargis of the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office. I said, does the sheriff's office have any evidence that suggests women disappear from Humboldt County or are harmed in Humboldt County at higher rates than anywhere else in the state or nation? Her response, hey, Miles, we do not have any statistics or evidence that would suggest what this woman is alleging. However, if anyone has information about any criminal case, we urge them to come forward and contact the sheriff's office at 445-7251. I did reach out to that reporter, shared those uh, articles that I wrote hoping maybe she would craft her narrative not to show this place as a lawless murder capital and maybe balance her coverage with some perspective. Big ol' thank you goes out to emergency responders in Eureka who helped a mom recover her son from a thick, brushy swamp in early May while he was having a mental health episode. In a well-written letter, the mom thanked dispatchers for staying on the phone with her for a half hour. She said officers utilized tech to locate her son quickly and executed a successful rescue. The letter concluded thanking EPD and Bay Fire. As a poster named Sue wrote online, it's nice to see love and compassion for a mentally unwell man. Good work, folks, and... Thank you so much for your commitment and drive out there. It is not a long shot to believe that some current Humboldt County residents came into contact with a notorious serial killing couple in the early 1980s. Michael Bear Carson, a brief Alder Point resident who once proclaimed he and his wife Suzanne were witch killers, was recently denied his request to be released from prison early. The second of the couple's three confirmed victims was Clark Stevens, a man they worked with on a cannabis farm in the Rancho Sequoia area of Alder Point. It's believed that following a 1982 dispute, Michael shot and killed Stevens. Then Suzanne helped him burn the body and bury it under chicken fertilizer in the forest. Many have said that crime earned the area's moniker Murder Mountain. A report dating back to 1989 from the Associated Press noted that the couple said their three known victims were witches who had to be killed in the name of religion. They had reportedly claimed to police that Stevens locally was a petty witch and a demon who had sexually assaulted Suzanne and wanted to live off her life. In an Investigation Discovery or ID Network documentary, a retired officer from the Humboldt County Sheriff's Department spoke about the local case. George Hill said fellow farmers did not care for the Carsons much and described them as loony anarchists who bickered frequently and did a lot of drugs. Acquaintances in the area claimed the couple butted heads with Stevens, who was a friend of the owner of the cannabis garden in Alter Point, over how to tend to the crop. 
Hill noted their rocky relationship was then exacerbated by claims that Stevens disrespected the Carson's radicalized Muslim beliefs by violating Suzanne and speaking to her using foul language, which caused Suzanne to direct Michael to murder Stevens, and Michael obliged. Now, in a somewhat comical next step, the author of the 1988 book Cry for War, the story of Suzanne and Michael Carson, told the aforementioned television network that the couple then headed out to 99 and in Trinity County were spooked by a search and rescue crew they mistakenly thought was looking for them. Turns out that crew was not looking for them. Author Richard Reynolds says they then dropped their backpacks and went their separate ways. And when investigators went through their stuff, they found marijuana, bullets, and a manuscript titled A Cry for War, which he described as an anarchist's battle cry. Among other notes, he says the manifesto contained Johnny Carson and Ronald Reagan on the couple's hit list, partially because their names each contained six letters, which they believed was in accordance with the devil's number 666, Jerry Brown was also noted to have been on their hit list. Weeks after Stevens was killed and reported missing locally, the Humboldt County Sheriff's Office discovered his remains. Hill says they received a call from someone stating they saw a dog playing with what they thought was a ball, but that ended up being a human skull. By the time officers discovered the body and had the Carsons on their radar, the couple had already vanished. Later in 1982, it said officers in Los Angeles mistakenly picked Michael up because he matched the description of an unrelated suspect. Apparently, Michael gave police a false name and hid an actual gun in the police cruiser before officers unwittingly freed him. They later found the gun. The killer couple's two other murder victims were Karen Barnes, a former roommate who in the Bay Area in 1981 was bludgeoned with a frying pan and stabbed 13 times and John Charles Hellier, who picked the hitchhiking couple up in 1983 and in Los Angeles, was stabbed and shot along the highway in full view of passing motorists. The two, eventually reunited, were finally arrested directly following Hellier's murder after a high-speed chase, and eventually the Carsons were convicted of all three murders over the span of two trials. Now, some back in the day may remember the irony of the attention-seeking Carsons once holding a news conference to confess to all three of these confirmed killings, but then they unsuccessfully claimed innocence during their trials. A little ironic. At one point, Michael, a self-proclaimed pacifist and vegetarian yoga practitioner during this press conference, said, Evil does not create, good is creative, and evil is like a parasite or a leech. It can't create, it can only copy. That's why powerful evil people are always attracted to Suzanne. A piece from about four years ago in Rolling Stone chronicles the Carson spiral into the obscure. Meeting as divorced parents in the late 1970s, they eventually took to experimenting with drugs, religious fanaticism, grandiose introspection, and fundamentalist views such as killing homosexuals and women that receive abortions. They became estranged from friends and family before their murder spree and traveled the world together. And some detectives believe the Carsons are responsible for almost a dozen additional murders across the U.S. and in Europe. When the couple was convicted, they were both given sentences of 75 years to life and to this day have reportedly still shown no remorse for their crimes. That's according to SF Gate. Michael, now 69, will continue to live east of Sacramento in Mule Creek State Prison after his request for early release was denied on May 27th. 
A hearing for that request was made possible by the state of California's elder parole program, which allows parole hearings for 60 plus inmates who have served over 25 years in prison. Back in 2015, the Associated Press noted Michael canceled his parole hearing then because he would not renounce his beliefs. Michael's only daughter, Jen Carson, recently said this to the Daily Beast, I truly believe that because he's old, it doesn't make him safe. With his lack of regret and his views and the hate he's filled with and his demented mind, I think in a year or less, someone else will be dead if he's released. His daughter, Jen Carson, has long been opposed to her father's release and has noted he's bragged about his murders and called himself a political prisoner. One of her early childhood memories is of her stepmom, Suzanne, clawing her and drawing blood when she asked for a back rub. Humboldt County District Attorney Maggie Fleming spoke in this Daily Beast article. She said, we treat all parole hearings very seriously. We cannot assume particular outcomes in advance. In this case, the deputy district attorney will argue that Michael Carson's release would pose an unreasonable risk to society. And of course, we hope the parole board agrees. They did agree. His request for release was denied. So does anybody remember Michael Bear and Suzanne Carson when they lived in Alder Point? I want to thank you for listening. Humboldt Last Week is possible thanks to these amazing sponsors. Please support them. That would be Brick and Fire Bistro and Eureka. The menu entices before we call in at brickandfirebistro.com. Bongo Boy Studio. Check out the high-end equipment at bongoboystudio.com. North Coast Journal, award-winning in-depth reporting. Keep up with the latest at northcoastjournal.com. Still in Eureka, Humboldt's finest head shop and culture store. Check them out on social media. Again, still in Eureka. Trinidad Vacation Rental. Get in touch with them about when you can stay next at trinidadcaliforniarental.com. And North Coast Co-op, open every day, 9 a.m. to 7 p.m. with reserved shopping hours for seniors, pregnant, and immunocompromised shoppers every day, 7 a.m. to 9 a.m. That's North Coast Co-op in Arcata and Eureka. Hey, take care. I'll talk to you again soon. Bye.